Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the well here at SCSA. Um, if you're just joining us, we are in part two of a series called Outside the Walls. Um, and our focus in this series, if you were listening to Father Abraham last week, um, our focus in this series is about what does it mean to go outside the walls of just like the church and to invest in our relationships outside the walls of the church and bringing people to Christ and why that's important. And you're probably thinking to yourself, why in the world are we talking about this during the Christmas season? Like, where's the connection? Why are we talking about going outside the walls of the church to connect with people outside the church and we're in Christmas season, like season of Advent, like what do the two have to do uh, with each other? Last week, Father Abraham answered that question for us and he said it's actually, that's, that's the entire mission of Christmas. The entire mission of Christmas was that Christ, who's the God of gods, the Lord of lords, came down, went outside the walls, so to speak, of heaven, came down to us and reconciled us back to God. He came to us. He went out of his way to come to us. He didn't have to, but he went out of his way to come to us outside the walls of heaven to reach us and to reconcile us back to God. And we have to partake in that mission as well to enjoy this Christmas season. And last week, Father Abraham reminded us that before we start rolling up our sleeves, getting to work, investing in our relationships outside just the church walls, he said the first thing we must do is focus on the inside. How, what does the inside look like? What does the inside look like when people come and look at the church? And he said the inside, when we talk about like the inside of the church, like here, but also us, because the, pe- the way that people are mostly affected by the love of Christ is by our transformed lives. And that's why Father Abraham told us that we must faithfully live out our Orthodox faith because nothing like our transformed lives in Christ will impact people more than that. Second thing Father Abraham talked to us about was how we must celebrate diversity in the church, that we must celebrate each other. Our differences is actually a good thing. It's not a negative thing. And if you even look at the disciples, okay, if you even looked at the disciples, they were completely different. They were very, very different. There's a show that's very popular these days. I'm sure a lot of you are watching it called The Chosen. Okay, and it shows like the different disciples. Um, and if you're not watching, it's a great show. You can go ahead and, and check it out. Um, the Chosen, which it looks at like the lives of the, the different apostles, the different disciples that were with Christ and how they were so different. There, you had a tax collector and you had a zealot. So like somebody working for the government, somebody trying to overthrow the government. Okay, you had a, a fisherman and you had like all these other like you just had people from completely different backgrounds and they didn't necessarily know each other. They don't know how to interact with one another. But Christ took this group and this group became the beginning of the church. This was the start of the church. And that's why it's important for us to celebrate our diversity, because that's what the church is supposed to look like. Um, it's not just for one specific group of people, but for um, everyone. So those are the first two things that Father Abraham talked to us uh, last week about. And today what we're going to talk about, okay, now that we understand kind of the inside, and if you missed part one, go check it out um, on our YouTube page. Um, part, th- part two today, what we're going to talk about is how do we connect with the community? How do we connect with those outside the walls um, of the church and not just kind of live in this bubble, live in this isolated bubble just in the church? What's the secret sauce, so to speak? If you wanted to kind of boil it down, and this is not rocket science, very simply, Connect with your community, and the keyword here is connect, and we'll talk about what that means. Connect with your community so you can connect your community back to Christ. So there's a purpose to the connection, okay? So connect with your community so you connect them back to Christ. The last thing I want us to be as a church, the last thing I want us to be as a church is a church that's very self-focused, that's very isolated, that's very living in this bubble, and we can say we have, like, we have a great church, And I want you to enjoy the church. The church is fantastic. I want you to have great relationships inside the church. And that's amazing. 
But if we're just focused on us and never on anyone else on the outside, it's almost like we're looking to God and we're saying, we care about your children in here, but we don't care about your children out there. That's what it is. We're all children of God. But we're saying, children here is great. That's fantastic. It's fun. It's great. I have a great time. I have great relationships. It's amazing. That's what the body of Christ is. Well, if it's so great, then why aren't we bringing more people in, right? That's kind of the focus and the mindset. So the first thing there is to connect with those um, outside the walls of the church to bring them to Christ or to connect them back to Christ. And I'll be the first to tell you guys, um, I, I grew up like in church, like I grew up in church, but for the majority of my life, my community actually was not in church. My community was people outside the church. And, and I'll just say it this way, but like, I actually thought that was a pretty healthy thing. Like that was a good thing. Okay, it's good to have relationships inside. That's part I was missing. Um, and that's the part I wanted. But I also had a, a lot of great relationships outside the church. And I actually think that kept me very grounded and kept me like not just living in a bubble. And it really impacted me in, in, in a lot of ways. And we can all have excuses. Like we can all have excuses about like why not to do this, um, especially when I tell you exactly what this looks like in practice later on. Um, and the excuses can be, I'm too shy. You know, I'm an introvert. Like it's not my thing. Talking to people a lot like my faith and like what does that even look like? And I'm there with you. Like, that's not my personality, if I'm being honest. But we're going to go through, like, different examples of, of how to do that. Um, other things that I hear often um, is, I don't know my faith well enough. Like, I don't know the Bible. Like, what if they ask me a question that I don't know? It, what, what, what would happen? If somebody asked you a question you don't know, what, what are you going to say? I don't know. People respect that. People honor that. Don't try to make anything up. The worst thing you can do is make something up. Okay, don't make anything up. But, like, somebody asks you a question you don't know. Just say, I don't know. Let me look into that for you. Let me ask. So there doesn't need to be this fear about what it looks like to share our faith with those outside the church. Another thing that we often hear, and we'll get into this a little bit later, is people don't want God anymore. People, people aren't even looking for God. You're talking, about, you're talking about like what life looked like a decade ago or 20 years ago, and I promise you that, that's the furthest thing from the truth. The reality is, is not that people don't want anything to do with God, is that we're afraid to share that with them. It's not that people aren't looking for more. People are looking for more all over the place. There's many more reasons and there's many more temptations that we can fall into um, to not challenge ourselves in this area. But again, keeping in mind that this is actually the mission of Christmas, that Christ looked at us, looked at humanity, and he could have said, you know what, I'm hanging out here in the, with the angels. Like, things are good. Like, things are good here. I don't need anything. I don't need anything from these guys. I got the angels around me. I'm hanging out here in heaven. Why bother to go down to them? It's going to be a headache. It's going to be a lot of work. But still, Christ went outside the walls of heaven to come to us, and he's commanding us to do the same thing. When we go outside the walls of the church, what actually ends up happening is that going outside strengthens the inside. Going outside strengthens the inside. Going out strengthens us individually because it teaches us to be a little bit more courageous, teaches us to rely on God more, to trust God. But also it strengthens the church body more because, again, you want to see what a dying church looks like. A dying church, what a dying church looks like is a church that is self-focused. That's what a dying church looks like. If you go to a church and all they care about is the people on the inside, that's what that, that is, you're looking at that the death of the church has begun. The death of the church has begun because the church was not designed to exist in that way. Going out is what Christ did on his mission and, he's actually, and he actually commissioned us and commanded us to do the same thing. The question that I brought up earlier, are people ready? Are people ready? 
do people really want to connect with God? Do people even, are, let's say people do want to connect with God, would they be interested in this church, in, in the Orthodox faith? Like, would people be interested? There's a beautiful verse in the Gospel of St. John that tells us exactly if people are ready or not. He's, Jesus talking to his disciples, he says, Do you not say, there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. What Christ is saying there in this passage, and I think it applies to us today, is the work is laid out for us. There are people ready, there are people willing, there are people hungry to get closer to God. They just don't know how. And maybe they might not even know that that's actually what they're missing. There's another part in the Gospels uh, where Jesus says that, that the, the, there's plenty of work to be done, but the laborers are few. There's plenty of work to be done, but laborers are few. And that he's calling us to be those workers, to go out and to see how we can bring others to Christ. If you want to think about, again, the life of Christ. So I talked about God coming down in the flesh, the, the Christmas mission. But even if you look outside, if you look into the life of Christ, a lot of the work that Christ did was actually outside, pretty much all the work that Christ did was outside the temple. He didn't go into the temple and wait for people. and say, when people come here, then we'll serve them. He went outside the temple. The Samaritan woman, best example. Samaritan woman, way outside the temple. Like, couldn't be further from, from that. But he went to her. And because he went to her, not only her life was changed, but that entire region was changed. Like, people came flocking to Christ and they accepted him as the Savior right then and there in John chapter 4. You look at Jesus with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector hated by all, he wouldn't have even thought or dared to enter the temple. He wouldn't have even thought about it. But Christ went to him, dined with him, and brought him to himself. And even if you look at some of the disciples, right? Some of the disciples were devout Jews, but then you have, speaking of tax collectors, you have a guy like Matthew. Matthew, again, same position, was not in the same way that Zacchaeus was, was not just going to go to the temple on his own. Christ didn't stay inside the temple only and do miracles there, do, do healings there, preach there, and that's it. But he actually went outside the temples as well. There's many excuses that we can have about why we don't do this. Why don't we share our faith with God? And maybe like, I'm uncomfortable, I'm a little shy, you know, like, I, I don't know what to do, I don't know enough. All these excuses. And, and to make ourselves feel better, sometimes we say things like, you know, I, people just, they're, they're not hungry for God anymore. People are looking for a lot of things, but they're not hungry for God anymore. Life and the world changes, yes, but not really by that much. Like things are kind of on repeat. History does repeat itself. And we can look at um, something in, in, uh, uh, in the book of Ecclesiastes, which we'll look at in here in a little bit, to kind of reveal that to us. It's going to reveal to us this truth right here, that we all, all of us, and I believe this with all my heart, we all have an innate hunger and desire for God even if we don't know it, we try to replace it with other things. But I believe this very much, that we all have an innate and hunger and desire for God. It's not something that I'm just saying up here because I have to, okay? I promise you, I believe this with all my heart. When I see people that are lost, that are trying to fill the void with other things, that's what I see, that innate hunger and desire for God. They might not categorize it that way. They might actually say the opposite, but that's what I see. King Solomon is a man who had it all. King Solomon is, when... when when I read the words of King Solomon, I like to listen because he's a man that had it all. He had all the riches. He had all the pleasures. He, had, uh, he asked for wisdom and God granted him wisdom. So he had, he had it all. And he writes a book in, in, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, um, called Ecclesiastes. If you've ever read this book, 
it's a downer. Okay, I'll be honest. Okay, it's not the most fun read. All right, it's not the most joyful read that you're going to read during the Christmas season. I'll be honest. It's a downer. Okay, it's a downer of a book. But near the end, okay, basically the, the book starts with everything is meaningless. Okay, so if you're looking for some fun read this Christmas season, just go to the Ecclesiastes. Everything is meaningless and then continue to read. Uh, but then at the very end, he tells us exactly what we all know. He concludes the book by saying this. He says, now all has been heard and here is the conclusion of the matter. So he's saying like everything that I've said, everything has been heard. Here's at the end of the day, here's the bottom line. Here's the bottom line. If you want a fulfilling life, here's the bottom line. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the duty of all mankind. And if you look into the world and you're wondering why people are confused, people are, are, are lost, people are suffering, it's because of this. Because at the end of the day, what King Solomon tells us, everything that people are chasing after, everything that he chased after, everything, to be honest, that we sometimes chase after, everything that we chase after is meaningless. It doesn't really have a purpose. But in the end, what matters is fearing God, keeping his commandments, living a life with him, and that's the duty of all mankind. That's like the purpose. That's how we were all created and designed. The reason that this is important when we have this in our back of our mind in terms of going outside the walls is because what I'm telling you is that going outside of the walls is not a waste of time. Reaching out to those around you and proclaiming Christ is not a waste of your time. We might think it's a waste of time. What's really like my word going to have an impact on... Don't think about it that way. If we truly believe that all suffering is a result of this, of people missing this point, the conclusion of the matter, like King Solomon tells us, then I have to go outside the walls. People are hungry, people are ready, and people are in need to hear about God and to want to have that relationship with God. And that's why Jesus himself tells the disciples, he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. He didn't say go to this specific group of people. They might be more ready than those people. They might be more prepared to hear your message and hear your word than those people. In fact, he actually prepared the disciples to do the exact opposite. He said, go everywhere. Preach to everyone. Doesn't matter what they look like. Doesn't matter what language they speak. Doesn't matter their personality. Doesn't matter any of that stuff. Go to everyone. But Lord, what happens if they reject us? Well, if they reject you, they reject me. But that's not your, that's not your role. Your role isn't to decide who accepts you and who doesn't. But he says, go out and preach to all the nations. To continue the Christmas mission that Christ has done for us, to celebrate it, to show that we are honoring it, we must fulfill the Great Commission. If you truly believe what well, we say we believe, that here in the church we have something great, that God has given us something amazing, then it's a shame for us to just keep it to ourselves. That's selfish. Like imagine, imagine if you told me like something happens to my kid and, and they are, are and they're sick, okay? And you say, you know what? I actually have a cure. I have a great cure. I say, great, can you sh share the cure with me? And you say, no, I'm not going to share the cure with you. How do you think I would feel about that? My kid is sick and you're not going to share the cure? Like you know the cure. You have the answer. You're not going to share it with me? Like that's hurtful. Think about it, that's us with God. Again, children of God here, family of God here, sure, in the church, but outside the church, also children of God. And God is saying, you have something great. You're experiencing something great in your church. You're experiencing, you're experiencing something great in your faith. Don't keep it to yourself. Why keep it to yourself? If you know it's a cure, whether a person listens or doesn't listen, if God opens the door, why would you keep it to yourself? So that's what we're talking about during this series is how do we approach and, and change our mindset, not just during this season, but in general, of going outside the walls of, of the church 
connecting with people in the community and bringing them to Christ. Now, the question for me and you is, what does this look like practically? Um, and this is something that I, I struggle with. Okay, So like, it's nice to say all these things, and it's nice to have these things in theory, but when it comes to practice, how do we actually do it? Because if, if you're like me, and I'm saying this is the theme of this series, and this is the Christmas mission, I'd be getting nervous. Okay, like, like me, if you're like me, I'd be getting nervous. Because if, I'll be honest with you, again, I'm an introvert. I like to, to keep to myself. I don't like to, to engage. Like, I'm just, that's just my personality. You're like, wait, but Father Timothy, you're so nice to me. And like, when you come, that's my job. Okay, like, I have to, all right? I love you, but I mean, that's, that's the reality. Okay, that's not my <laughs> genuine personality, okay? But if you, asked, if you were to ask me, like, on the inside, truly, this is, does, this is not something that I'm super comfortable with. But I'll tell you, I'll share kind of a few stories of how God has pushed me in this area. Um, so what do we need to do? What does this look like practically when we say we're going to go outside the walls because we care about all of God's children, not just the ones inside the church, but we care about his children outside the church as well. The very first thing is that we must be prayerful. We must be prayerful because the moment we think that we are bringing someone to Christ, that I'm the one doing the work, that I'm doing anything, we've already lost the battle. I have to bring God into the equation because he's the one leading everything. He's the one that's telling me, now's the time to speak. Now's the time to be quiet. Now's the time to go to this person. Now's not the time to go to this person. Okay? So we have to be prayerful and ask God to help us to open doors where he wants us to to do this, to go outside the walls. There's a verse here in the book of Acts where Jesus is telling them, which we actually read today in the liturgy. He said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. The key, of the, the key part of this verse here is that you shall receive power. That power is not of yourself, but it's the power of God, the Holy Spirit, leading us. So as we go out, as we start with this mindset of saying, I'm going to you know, go outside the walls of the church, I'm really going to invest in people outside the walls of the church, it has to be led by God. It has to come with the power of God. If at any point we are, are making ourselves the hero, making ourselves take center stage, it's going to fail. That's never going to work. But if God is the one leading and we're just bringing people to God, then it can be effective and fruitful. And I don't, I'm sure you in your life have experienced the power of prayer like I have. Um, I can even think, to be honest, I can think of even a, of a recent example um, where, where I was praying about something specifically and to be honest, it was one of those prayers where I was, as I was praying it, I was praying it in a way of like, God, I believe, help my unbelief. Okay, those kinds of prayers. Of like, Lord, I know you can do all. I know you've done it, and you've done it before, and you'll do it again. But I'm struggling to believe on this one. And God came through. And God came through. And it had nothing to do with me. It was for someone else. But I, I, I didn't understand it. I didn't, I didn't, to be honest, it wasn't because of my prayer. Like my prayer, the faith-wise, was very weak. It wasn't because of me. But it's God showing us the power of prayer. And if we truly believe in the power of prayer and we believe that God loves his children, then when we pray for others, I believe it's so effective. It's so effective when we pray for others. This is, just, this is not doctrine, it's just my opinion. I actually believe that when we're praying for other people, those prayers are even more powerful than when we're praying for ourselves. I do believe that with all my heart. Is when we're praying for other people because that's what God loves. So, oh, you came to me for your, for your brother. You came to me for your sister. You're actually showing that you care about someone else, not just you. And I believe that's so much more powerful than just praying for ourselves. So we have to start with prayer. The second thing is we have to be relational. I almost put 
instead of be relational, I almost put be normal, okay? <laughs> like we have to be relational, like be normal. Like this isn't like, uh, how am I going to preach the word and like it, just relax. Like be relational, have a relationship with the person in front of you. You're at work, be relational. Care about what's going on in life with somebody in front of you. You're, you're at, if you're those in school or college or whatever, just be relational. We're designed by God to be in relationship with him. We're also designed by God to be in relationship with one another. And again, it's beautiful to have that unity inside the church and we get that power in the body of Christ. But also, we're called to be relational with those outside the walls of the church as well. There's a beautiful um, verse here from Proverbs where it says, Perfume and incense brings joy to the heart and the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice relationships and friendships, you can equate that to kind of like perfume and incense, okay? Like when you're with someone, okay, and you're really being Christ to someone, not even like you're trying or you're faking it or just genuinely it's coming out because God is doing a work in you, that's like, that's beautiful. It's like perfume or incense, like a beautiful, sweet-smelling aroma to God and to the person that's experiencing it. And the way we do that is what it says right there, is we have to be friends with one with other people. We can't just be Friends just here, but also create friendships outside as well. It's much easier to speak at like a surface level and like small talk and have no depth in a relationship than to really do this, if we're being honest, than to really invest in people around us, like my neighbor, like my coworker. It's much easier to just say, you know what? Yeah, we'll just do small talk, whatever, whatever. I have my church community. I'm happy. I have my fellowship here and that's great. But it's harder to do this, to be relational with someone that's outside the walls of the church. So how do we do this? We do this by simply reaching out, by putting ourselves in situations that maybe make us feel a little bit uncomfortable at first. If you're like me, some of you are like extroverts. I'm like, I don't, I don't know why that's uncomfortable. It sounds great. I want to go to all the block parties in my neighborhood. I want to do all that stuff. Like, that's fantastic. Okay, if that's you, great. Come, give me some advice. Okay, that's fantastic. But that's what we have to do is we have to put ourselves in, in, those, in those types of situations. So maybe there's a neighborhood uh, uh, party. And I, as I was preparing for this, something that I'll just confess here that I avoided the past few years in my neighborhood is the 4th of July party. I'm going to go this next year because this is, if I'm telling you to do it, I have to do it, okay? So we're gonna, I'm going to go to the 4th of July thing, okay, and, and hang out with the neighbors and stuff like that. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my uh, money where my mouth is, so, uh, so to speak. Other thing is just, you know, like your coworkers and like, you know, reaching out, having lunch, getting coffee, doing all those things. Just again, being relational, if you want to think about another word, be normal, okay? Be normal. I'll share a couple stories here of um, times where God has pushed me in this area. Um, and, you know, it, it wasn't always, again, comfortable for me, but it was something that God was working in me. Um, for as a priest, I, I, I worked for this company, and I basically spent a lot of time, the, the work I was doing, I was like a... Um, uh, I was in corporate tax my first four years. Um, and during tax season, your coworkers are like family. Why? Because you see them more than family. Okay? <laughs> That's why they're family. So you're spending a ton of time with your coworkers. You get to know each other and you have conversations and whatever. And, you know, so we really developed like a bond. And I had like great friendships at work and it was fantastic. And naturally, people know about you. So they knew like, you know, I was into this church thing and my faith and like they know, like people are going to have conversations with you. They're going to know. They're going to find out. Can't keep it secret. Okay. You're, the people are going to know. Um, so I remember I was having a conversation with a coworker and she was telling me about like, um, I believe now was her future husband. 
Um, and she was saying, like, you know, um, she was uh, like a Catholic. And she was saying, you know, like, I, I was going to church for a little while, but I've stopped. I feel like a little guilty. And, you know, like, we have Coptic guilt. There's also Catholic guilt. Okay, we all got guilt. Okay, so, like, I feel guilty about not, like, going to church and all this stuff. And, and I, you know, again, my natural inclination is like, yeah, you know, God bless you. <laughs> like, but I forgot to say, no, not this time. Like, not, that's not going to cut it. So I had a very frank conversation with her because I cared about her. Why? Like, if I cared about this person, why would I not have an honest conversation with them? Like, if I truly cared about them and I believed what I say I believed, why would I not have an honest conversation with them? So I sat with her. Um, we were having, like, lunch at the time, and um, I, was, I was very honest and frank with her. I said, you know, if you believe, like, this is your faith and this is what you believe, and, like, this is what I believe as well, there's really nothing more important in your life than this. Like, when it comes down to it, if this is what we say is true, what's more important? Nothing is more important than your faith. So this is a conversation, unfortunately, you're going to probably have to have with your you know, significant other or whatever, because this is something that is important to you. And if you believe it, this is, like, is going to be the foundation of your, of your life. And I would love to tell you that you know, after that, like, they were all in. I have no idea what happened, to be honest with you. I don't know. I don't know what happened from that conversation. They could have gone. She could have gone, had that conversation. They're, you know, church members and whatever. I have no idea what happened. But that's not the point. God didn't ask me to do this because you will see the fruit. That's not what God promises. Sometimes God shows us to encourage us, like to encourage us, but sometimes we don't know. But what I do know is that God said, say something. I did, and that's it. I did my part. And if I say something here and there's no action, then one of you comes and says something to, to the same person later. Another person comes and says something to the person later, and God is just dropping one seed after another. Then who knows when that person responds? But at the very least, if it, God is the one saying it, then we know that there's fruit. Share one more story, and then we'll move on. I'll take it back to high school. Okay, so I went back to work, and then I'll take it back to high school. I was uh, so in high school again. I had like a really good friendship with this one guy, um, and we were like best friends in high school. Growing up, we best guy. About, I think like it was like maybe junior year, he kind of just went off the deep end, like drifted off and like did some, you know, funny stuff that was not, you know, and he knew that like I would want nothing with the stuff that he was doing. Again, because we had that relationship where we had those conversations, he knew like where I stood, my faith and all those things. And after like graduated high school, we weren't really friends at that point. Like, you know, got, I, I, what I have found is that girls are much better at keeping in touch than guys are. So, like, after high school and stuff, like, we weren't really in touch anymore. Fast forward, like, a decade, like, almost a decade, I get a call from him. I hadn't talked to this person in, like, 10 years. I get a call from him. And he said, hey. And I'm like, hello? Okay, I don't even have his number, to be honest, at this point. <laughs> and he's like, hey, this is so-and-so. And I'm like, oh, hey, what's going on? What, like, how's life? Like, what, what's going on? And he starts sharing with me his story about how, like, how he has come to, to, to the faith in Christ. And he wasn't a Christian before, okay, and his parents weren't either. Um, and he, like, he like, found God and he found Christ. And he's saying, I remember that like, you were a Christian and this and this, and like, like, we're brothers in Christ now. And I was like, oh my goodness. And that just like small like, thing that he said, I'm sure he was just saying it in passing. It, and I, I truly felt that God was like, encouraging me in that moment. I was like, something a decade ago, why, Lord, are you bringing this to me now? To show you that your time is not wasted. 
So like when you're having a conversation with somebody, you never know. You never know how God is going to work in that life. You never know when that person is going to respond. And it might not be because of you. It might not be because of you, but it might be because of four, five, six people after you. But you never know. You never know the work that God is going to do in someone's life. So don't just dismiss it. So that's one example of something that where I saw the fruit and one example of something where I didn't see. I had no idea what God was going to do. But that's not the point. The point is that if our mission is to go outside the walls, it's not our, our, our job to control the response or to see even the fruit of what we do when we go outside the walls. Okay? So first thing we said is we're going to be prayerful. Okay? And we'll talk about kind of action steps here in a little bit. Be prayerful in the process. Um, be relational or be normal. Okay? Invest in your relationships. And the last thing is be practical, okay? So once we um, established relationships and friendships and things like that, now I really want to think about, in practice, what does it look like to share my faith? Because I can have a relationship with someone, they might not even know anything about my faith, okay? But in practically, what does it look like to share my faith and what does it look like to connect people with Christ and the, the body of Christ as well? Again, remember how we started working initially on our, uh, what Father Abraham talked to us about last time, on ourselves, okay, on the inside, on, on our transformed lives. Doesn't mean we're going to be perfect, but it does mean that our lives should look at least somewhat different, okay? There should be, uh, that should be like your number one way of evangelizing, is your life. That should be your number one way, okay? So here's, if you wanted to kind of a takeaway or, or practical things to write down, we're going to go through action steps um, what does it look like to go outside the walls uh, of the church, okay? So the first thing is identify family and friends in your life that you want to reach out to, okay? So this could be extended family, hopefully your immediate family. They, you guys are good and, and they know what's going on, okay? But extended family, relatives, close friends, think about neighbors, colleagues. Um, and the goal here is not somebody who's already going to a church to come, like no, somebody who doesn't have a connection with God. Somebody who doesn't have a connection with Christ, Okay? So that's the very first thing is identify, write it down, okay? So identify and write down the names. Second thing is pray, like we've been just saying. Pray regularly by name for them. Not just like pray that God give me the word that I say. Pray for them. What are they going through? What are their struggles? Maybe like somebody, you know, like another parent and they're struggling with their kid and what, like pray for them. Pray for their kid. And, and that prayer actually makes you a lot closer to them. That's the mystery of prayer. Mystery of prayer is it makes us close to one another when we pray for each other. Step three is that we focus our efforts. We focus our efforts. So what this is basically saying is you can't invest in every single person that you meet every single day, okay? But you can figure out who you have a good relationship with, who God has put in your life where you just connect, okay? And some people you connect with a lot easier than others, if we're just being honest, okay? So you might not connect with this person, but somebody else might, okay? So who is God putting in your life that, you know what, you can have these conversations with and you can be honest with, okay? So identify, pray, focus our efforts. Fourth one is we strengthen our relationships, okay? So this is where we, again, enjoy each other's company. We care about one another, but we go deep. We ask questions. Like, how are you really doing? Like, what's really going on in life? And you yourself be vulnerable, be willing to share. Because if somebody else is the only person always sharing, they're not going to be as comfortable um, if you're not sharing as well. The point here with strengthening your relationships is that you care about the person. You're not just trying to get something out of them. Okay, you care about the person and what they're going through. This is the hard one. Enhance your witness. And this is where, again, when you have that relationship, it becomes a little easier. But you naturally, organically share 
something that's going on in your life. Let's say the person is sharing a problem with you. You say, well, you know, I read this actually in my Bible this morning. And this is what I believe. And this is what, you know, we're taught about, you know, worrying, for example. Maybe I, I share like a verse that I read. Maybe I share, maybe I share like a sermon I heard or an experience um, that I had in church. Again, this especially, we need to do this prayerfully and organically. It doesn't need to be forced. There's, a, there's a, the two extremes of either I'm forcing it or I'm doing nothing. But if I'm prayerfully asking God, what is it that he wants me to say, then I can do this. And I know this for a lot of us, it's like there's a lot of no-nos at work. There are things that you say, things that you don't. I get it. But I'll be honest. If, again, if, if you just have relationships with people, people don't really care. Okay? Like if I have a relationship with someone, then all that stuff goes out the window. So I enhance my witness. And then the last point is that I connect them to the church family. And this is a good goal to have because it's one thing to introduce someone to Christ, but you always want, and, and it could be this church for sure, but even if it's not this church, that they're connected to a church, to a local church. They have to be connected to a local church. Um, and I believe this very much, and that's why when I hear things like people say, you know, I have a relationship with God, but I don't go to church, that's very hard. Uh, and I'll be honest, I would almost say, like, it's impossible. It's really impossible. Because to have a relationship with God without the church, that's what, like, St. Cyprian tells us, okay? To have a relationship with God without the church, it's impossible. So we need to connect them um, to the church family as well. Um, and this is not like an automatic thing, okay? Like, oh, just come to church, whatever. Like, no, again, prayerfully, um, we're, we're praying about these things um, and doing it. And by the way, somebody might say no. Somebody might, you know, think you're crazy, okay? But again, the hope is that, again, you're, you have a relationship with someone and that you care about them, okay? You care about your friend and that's why you're sharing this with them, okay? So what do we invite people to in church? I just wrote down a few things here. Um, Think about like different events in the church, okay? So maybe we have like a young adult event um, or like with a group, uh, the group of people in the church. Um, let's say you have like a holiday event. I know Leesburg just recently did like the Friendsgiving thing, which was great. And they invited a bunch of people that were in the community. Um, leisure groups are great for this. If you're going to go play basketball, okay, it's not a religious event and it's very low-key. So invite people to go and connect and whatever. Um, lunch or casual get-together, um, things like that. So that's kind of, you know, we're starting off here like general events like that that aren't necessarily um, focused on services yet, okay? Other things you could do is invite events in the community. People always want to do, make you know, give back. Um, and we have so many things that we do um, in the community through Hope. Just this next Saturday right now, we're going to have a Love Your City event. Um, we're going to go give hygiene kits to the homeless. So we always have things going on. Um, so you won't have like... Uh, uh, it's not, it's not rare for you to see that we have these events. And this, again, is an easy way for people to get involved um, and get acclimated to the church. Um, thing I wrote here is church services. Don't be afraid to invite people to church services. And you can invite people to the well, okay? Again, kind of a informal, you know, setting, not that scary, okay? Hopefully not that scary for you guys um, in the well. But also invite people to the liturgy. People might be interested to come to the liturgy. And we have a lot of resources on our connection table. We have like the liturgy map and things like that where people might be interested in saying, okay, well, what does your worship service look like? Um, I would tell them in advance how long it is, okay? <laughs> so like they're not just, you know, surprised by it. Um, and, and again, done prayerfully. Some people might want nothing to do with that initially, but they'll come to a community service event. Some people would love to do that, okay? So you kind of have to gauge, to gauge it based on your relationships, on your friendships. That's why there's no formula for this. That's why we start off with prayer 
um, as well. Okay. Um, and the other thing too is just share resources. Um, we have a lot of resources that you could share with those who aren't familiar with the Orthodox faith. Um, there's books on the connection table that we have um, that are, uh, you know, related to the Orthodox faith specifically. On, on the app, on the SCSA app, if you actually click on resources, we have the find out more button um, where we answer a lot of those questions about what our Orthodox faith looks like. Um, and again, send like sermons, send like a well series, send those things um, as well that are practical ways for people to, um, again, learn more about the faith without it being so intimidating, okay? So you gauge, is my point, um, where your friendships are and what people are ready for, and then you do these things. Um, okay, so just going to go back to the action steps here real quick, okay? And again, the reason we care about any of this is because children of God are here, but the children of God are also outside the walls. Um, and if we have the cure, God wants us to share that with those outside as well, okay? So things that, if you want to take a picture, if you want to write this down, whatever it may be, identify, if you have the handout, it's in there too, Identify family and friends in your life. Pray regularly by name for them. Focus your efforts, strengthen your relationships, enhance your witness, and connect them to the church family. Okay? And last quote I have here for you guys. Um, it's something I believe in very much. It's what I shared earlier in the beginning. Brother Andrew, who's a missionary, he says, the work of the church is not survival. The work of the church is not survival. She exists to fulfill the Great Commission. A lot of us, a lot of us have the mindset, okay, or have had the mindset in the past of I'm here, I'm in the church, I've made it, good, settle in, I'm comfortable. That's survival mode. And ironically enough, again, like I told you in the beginning, that's the beginning of the death of the church. Survival, that's the beginning of the death of the church. Now, in some places in the world, they don't have that luxury to take their faith to other, to other people. In some places, the faith, actually it is about survival, okay? But we have a luxury, we have a privilege to be able to practice our faith here freely. So why not share that faith that is so beautiful um, with those outside as well? And when we do that, people will come, people will be restored, people will have this like, and you'll be a part of this like amazing story in their life. And who knows, somebody might call you a decade later and tell you how they joined the faith or whatever it may be, um, because God is always working. God is always working, but he loves to use us in his work as well. Let's stand up for prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Lord, we're so grateful and thankful for this time uh, of Christmas season, Lord, that you came to us when we were nothing, Lord. You came to us, you found us, you reached out to us, Lord, to connect us back to you, Lord. Allow us, Lord, to be your humble servants, to reach out to those, Lord, that are in need of you, that are hungry for you, that just don't know where to go, Lord. Lord, I pray that every single person here, myself included, that whoever you put on our hearts, that, Lord, you allow us to, to prayerfully and, and wisely reach out, have courage, develop those relationships, and bring them closer to you, Lord. Give us, Lord, always that desire in our hearts not to just get comfortable, not to just rely on other people, not to view the church, Lord, as survival, but to truly, Lord, fulfill that great commission that you have given to every single one of us. It's our responsibility, Lord, collectively to care for all your children everywhere, Lord. I ask, Lord, that whoever you put in front of us during this time, that you give us that courage and you allow us, Lord, to have that humble spirit listening to you, when to speak, when to be silent, and when to just be um, a good friend, Lord. We pray all these things in your name through intercessions of all your saints. Here says, we pray thankfully, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. <laughs>